From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's a joy to welcome you today. We're always pleased that we have the opportunity to come here on this station five days a week, and we welcome our family friends who join us every day as well as those of you who get to us just once in a while. And if you're brand new, well, welcome aboard. We try to do some things here every day that'll be a help to you, be an encouragement to you, that'll strengthen you in your faith. And if you're not a Christian, we do want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ and encourage you to come to Him, put your faith in Him, and respond to what He would have you to be. And I think that if you'll do that, you're going to thank me in the long run. Now, we've been looking for a few days now at Psalm 37, and we've seen some very encouraging things from that. And this is going to be a series of messages that's going to take yet a few days. But we come to one today that is, um, well, it's going to be something that's just very, very important for us to get hold of. And it's taken from verse 13, where it says, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth his day coming. Now, we'll look at that in just a minute, but I've entitled this message, When the Lord Laughs Out Loud. And we're going to look at that very carefully. I hope you'll stay with me. Let me remind you, the National Sword of the Lord Conference will be in Walkertown, North Carolina, July 17 through 20 this summer, and we hope that you'll make your plans to be with us. It's a great, great four days, great preaching, lots of it, great music, lots of it, a lot of helpful workshops, things that'll just be good for you, for your family, for your church, for your church folks, and we want to encourage you to be with us July 17 through the 20th, four big days. And there are no registration fees. Every seat is a free seat. So plan to come bring your family. We'll be delighted to have you with us. Now, we're looking at Psalm 37, verse number 13, that says, The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. Now, when I say the Lord laughs out loud, it may be a surprising statement because we don't ordinarily think of the Lord as being someone who's going to laugh. And yet I think we could make a case for the Lord having a sense of humor. You just read through the Old Testament especially, and you'll find some things that make you think, well, yes, the Lord does have a sense of humor. And by the way, I think he has given us the gift of humor in that we can reflect in things like we do sometimes in a humorous way. And all of that is good. It's positive. It's good for us. But in this case, when this verse says the Lord is laughing, it's not humorous at all. It's a very serious matter. He's not having fun, but it's an indictment against some people that he's referencing here. And we'll look at the details of that. But let me back up to the second psalm and uh, remind you that this is not the only place where it says that the Lord laughs, and he does it in this same vein. Psalm number 2, let me read verse 1 and following. The questions are asked. Why do the heathen rage, and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. 
the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. So when the Lord laughs in Psalm 2, and when the Lord laughs in Psalm 37, it's in derision. It's not humorous at all. He is laughing as an indictment of them. And it says that uh, whenever they set themselves up, and try to pretend that they can oppose God and they can oppose those who are God's people, then uh, the Lord says, uh, who are you kidding? And he's going to laugh at them and take them to task for that. Now, when you come back to Psalm 37, let me show you who he's talking to here. In verse 1, he talks about us not being envious against the workers of iniquity. He says, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. You drop down to verse 7, and he tells us to not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Drop down to verses 9 and 10. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. Drop down to verse 12. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. Look at verse 14. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword, talking about the sword of the wicked, shall enter into their own heart and their bows shall be broken. And right in the midst of that, we have that 13th verse where the Lord says that he will laugh at this crowd. He will hold them in derision. And the fact is, he sees that his day is coming. He's going to win out on this, and they're going to lose, and they need to understand that. Now, several times in this chapter, in fact, a number of times, he uses the term iniquity, talking about workers of iniquity. He also mentions the word wicked to describe this crowd. Now, this is who they are, and this is what they're up to. You say, well, how do they do that? Well, here's several things that they do. Number one, they deny that God is real. They want to so push God into the background that he is given no place at all in their thinking, in their life, in their business. I mean, in no way are they willing to acknowledge that God even exists. And so they think that if they just stand up and holler loud enough that uh, it makes the case that there is no God. Well, remember the Bible says, and says it twice, in Psalm 14.1 and Psalm 53.1, both of those passages say, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. Well, these folks are playing the fool, and when God laughs, he's laughing in derision. He's not laughing humorously at all. So what happens here? They deny his existence, and then they defy his laws. They look at the Ten Commandments, and they look at it as though it doesn't matter at all. It's like, oh, nobody's paying attention to that. Those are old-fashioned rules that nobody's going to pay attention to. And out in the world, I mean, we live in a dog-eat-dog world. We live in a world where a cutthroat mentality exists a lot of times in politics, a lot of times in business, a lot of times in the social arena. All of those things can be very, very vicious, very hurtful, very sinful, very ungodly, all of which is defying the laws of God. If we abide by those Ten Commandments 
and other things like the book of Proverbs, where the Lord lays out a lot of other good things for us, if those are defied, well, guess what happens? Chaos develops. The society just goes into crisis. And obviously, we've got a lot of that here in America and in other countries around the world. So what do these folks do that God laughs at? They deny his existence, they defy his laws, and they decry his plans. Whenever God says they're sinners, they need to be saved, they laugh at that. They mock that. They're not into that. They, they just don't want to hear it. Recently, I was standing up at the end of a flight to get my carry-on luggage, and the people that were near me uh, were chatty, and they were standing. We were waiting to get off of the plane, and I reached in my satchel after a little bit of conversation to give something to the gentleman that uh, was being chatty, and when I offered it to him, he didn't even flinch. He just looked at it and said no. Now, you say, what's the deal there? Well, the expression on his face, the tone of his voice, uh, everything about that told me that he was in this crowd denying God, denying his laws, denying any plans that God had for him. Now, that's just the way this crowd works. They set themselves up as though they were God. It's like we can do what we want to do. We're not asking anybody. They are, in fact, in their mind, the authority, and they position themselves in opposition to all things that are godly and Christian. That same second chapter of the Psalms says it's not only that they set themselves up uh, against God, but they set themselves up to oppose God's anointed. That means anybody that lines up with God, anybody that goes with the Lord, they are not willing to go with them. Instead, they're going to oppose them. They're going to raise up their voice of opposition to all such things. That's why that we have so many of these uh, people that are running the wrong way. Uh, they take positions wrongly, wrongly on abortion, wrongly on euthanasia, wrongly on uh, alcohol, wrongly on a lot of things that we ought to just have great common sense about. But this crowd, they're not going to go with that at all. Now, they laugh, they mock, they deride, they chide, but their laughter is hollow and it's short-lived. They're not going to be able to laugh their way out of hell, and that's where they're going to wind up. Now, somebody said they may laugh their way into hell, but they're not going to laugh their way out of it. They may, at this point in time, decide that they can do whatever they want to do. And by the way, God will never force me or you or anybody else to do what he wants us to do. He tells us what's best. He tells us what's right, and he uh, maybe will try to persuade us but God is not going to force you into doing what he wants you to do. Now, when God laughs in these passages, Psalm 2 and Psalm 37, I mean, it's like him saying to them, to these wicked folks, to these folks who have been against him, to these folks who are denying him, it's like he is saying to them, who are you kidding? They think that by so posturing as they're doing that they can still have their way. But the Lord is basically saying to them, now you, you think you can win, but you're not going to win. And the reason you're not going to win is because God is eternal and every one of them are really going to find that life comes to an end at some point and uh, they need to be reminded of that. The Bible tells us life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Life is going to run out. It will someday. The Bible tells us it is appointed unto man once to die, 
and after this, the judgment. So today, they have the run of the earth. They can do whatever it is that they please. They can decide to do or not do. But one of these days, they're going to have to face the Lord. They may deny him now, but they're going to stand in front of him one day. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And what that means is simply this. If you're without the Savior, if you think you're going to be able to come in and make excuse and do what you want to do and say what you want to say, and you're going to be able to fool God, you're going to be able to kind of talk your way through and wind up in heaven anyway, that's not going to happen. And this whole wicked crowd, I mean, the story is laid out here. Now, I know, I understand, we're living in a society today that only wants to hear the sweet stuff, only wants to hear the good stuff, only wants to hear about heaven. It's like they want to talk about uh, hell every time they get mad and use it as a curse word, but they don't want to think about it as a real place where they might wind up. Whenever they think about that, it's all heaven. The only thing they want to hear about is heaven. But I'm telling you, you need to listen here because God has told us very clearly that he will hold in derision those who take the position we've described here whenever they run against God. That is just the way it is. Historically, eternally, that is the way it is. Scripturally, that is the way it is. And we need not overlook that. Well, I hope this will help you today because we need to have a full grip on all of this. We'll get to some more tomorrow, and I trust that it'll be a good time when you can join me again. In the meantime, i love to hear from you, so write me a note, Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, dear friends, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now. <music>